Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hello. Hello, my lovely sister who's so far away. I mean, you're always far away, but still. Yeah. (laughs) Now there's a term for it, social distancing. (laughs) So we're doing it. We're following all the rules. All the rules, my friend. We're definitely more than six feet away. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say we're six provinces away, but it's not true. No. (laughs) Okay. Where do you want to start? I feel like this week was a lot of like... Like, a lot of mini interactions, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of, like, duos everywhere all week. Well, funnily enough, when I opened up my notes, the first name that popped up was... What? Brando. 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 (laughs) All I can remember is tabs. Oh, man. Oh, I I have to say this. I have to say this. Okay. So, today, I ended up posting a picture about Brooklyn and Lulu. And I have to admit, like, kids are home. It's tougher, like, keeping up with GH and, like, doing the post. And it's kind of, like... Okay, there's like peace for all the five seconds. Let me just post something. And I was dying because I did prep last night with like a picture of Brando as well. And then JL Palm two sixteen said this. I would have sworn the go to pick would be Brando. Oh, and I was like, man, does she know us? Because legit yesterday I was like, okay, take a picture of Brando. And I'm like, hmm, caption, caption. I was literally going to write something, something, something. I wrote, I wrote, my note was Brando at the gym. Um, hello. (laughs) Okay. On a real note, (laughs) being at the gym, when I saw him in the scene with Spinelli, one, I like it when cast members like interact that we don't always see interacting. Yes. But what I kept thinking was, okay, earlier in the week, Jason had a scene with Brando where Brando was like, I'm not a hero. And I'm like, is Jason talking to himself? Right? Through a a weird portal or something? (laughs) And then when I see Spinelli talking to Brando, and I'm like, is Spinelli not just talking to another version of Jason? Like, there's just an extra one going around? Okay, so it's not just me, because I felt the exact same way, because there's (laughs) the sense of familiarity, there's already sort of these relationships being built, but yeah, they're like the same person. (laughs) Yeah, they have definitely similar values, I guess, or like a code, a code, if anything, that's obviously recognizable to some degree. Yes, absolutely. I just, okay, so there's, there was a lot of Brando interaction. So there was like the Spinelli situation. There was the Harmony situation. Okay, so I'm just going to ask you this. <laughs> Brando to you, good guy? Good guy. Okay, because I do think he's a good guy. I do, but I guess it would be normal for Sonny or I don't know for people to kind of still be sussing him out to a certain degree particularly when he offers his services to get things done quicker like basically offering to get into Sonny's business so that part well didn't really throw me off but obviously the light bulb went off and said hmm are you undercover undercover I don't know why I said it like that it sounds weird (laughs) it (laughs) does there's a joke in there somewhere I don't know what it is when Harmony showed up at the garage, I thought she was there to consult with Brando, like they were both looking for Cyrus. But then it turns out, I don't know why Harmony was there, because nothing was wrong with her car. Like, when you see them talking about it later, like Jason talking about it later, about Harmony, Brando, you know, mm-hmm. she shows up to a garage that I think Jason makes a point of saying that is Sunny has been Sunny's property. 
Yes. Okay, so Cyrus would most likely know this. And then you go there with a brand new car, but then you're surprised Jason is there. I, okay, fine, maybe you're a little surprised you don't want him to see the new car, but, but like, why did you go there? I think she just went to check things out, like snoop and see, you know, if this is Sunny's territory, is he setting up shop for some, um, what do you call that stuff when you, like, wash the money? What is it called? Money laundering. laundering. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you call it when you wash the clothes? No, that thing so maybe you know she was kind of like checking things out to report back to him um very low-key but she's like so not (laughs) low-key no like she basically i felt like bare her soul to brando and i I love watching their conversation you know like i just got out of jail me too it's like everybody (laughs) in port charles oh my god okay i know we're gonna we're jumping for a second and we'll we'll go back to the story later on i'm just gonna speak so you know what i'm talking about so in the whole situation (laughs) so the whole interaction was like chase sasha michael willem like the only person who's not gone to jail is chase (laughs) it's true i didn't even i didn't even think about that but that is very very true he should marry michael (laughs) he would be the the better option oh my god that would be super good Oh my gosh. Yeah, that, that whole thing, I can't wait to talk about it. But yes. okay, Brando for a second. When Brando was talking to Jason, he was mm-hmm. on, he was asking like Jason, like, are you second in command? What else was he asking you? <laughs> <laughs> he basically I... hit on all of Jason's roles, but everyone is I love Carly, but everyone is so thankful for Carly. Is there mm-hmm. a, a reason that they're I mean I get it he saved her. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. But the point is Carly's name is coming up a lot with Brando, you know, whether it's Spinelli being so grateful for Carly, you know, because like, I mean, we can move on and talk about other things. No, regarding Brando. Okay. So here's the thing though. Here's my thought. So they're, you know, they keep building this connection, this connection, this big thing that happened. It's so huge. You saved her life. She's so grateful. Well, so grateful. And then if you kind of peek into the conversation that she had with Joss that I absolutely loved Yes, when she was like, you know what? Or I think Josh said to Carly, like, I thought you were in this until the end. Carly's like, you are my priority. And if things get too crazy, I am out. You are what's important to me. So that conversation was huge for me on so many levels. Because I think we were all kind of thinking that, but never really knew where she stood 100%. Like, I, I, right? So, like, that to me lends to the conversation that keeps coming up with her and Brando, because maybe that's something. Maybe Brando is the good guy, but wrapped up with a little bit of bad. So he's kind of like a mix of the sunny world and the Jack's world. He's Jason. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but she um, can't have she can't have Jason. So we have another no, one. No, but the, but exactly. This one is doable. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and he's and he's very outside the business. Mind you, I don't see much of a future, you know, with him, but I can see a couple of minutes or something. But like, <laughs> it's just that I was so taken aback when Carly said that, you know, whenever she has a conversation with Joss, I just find like the words that she says always like slightly a bit exceptional, you know what I mean? In her conversations and the way she words things with her. But yeah, like I was taken aback, even though everything she said was really logical it was mm-hmm. just hearing it out loud that staying with Sunny wasn't a certainty because I think for a long, because like a lot of couples were always like, eh, you know what I mean? Like, 
oh, they're not going to last or they're a forever couple. You expect them to. And I guess with Carly and Sonny at this point in time, assuming that their relationship is not where the drama is going to be mm-hmm. and that they're probably a forever couple. So, yeah, like it was really shocking to hear her say that. Um, and I liked I liked it. I liked hearing her say, I'm always taking the temperature. Yes. Oh, that's the line. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So I really, really love that conversation. So maybe they are going to work their way where the two of them might be in each other's orbits because like right now I think Jack sorry is really settled with Nina yes so yeah so that's really interesting I love that um okay so since we're at the Corinthos household oh (laughs) there there's a few things just just a few things that happened during all that time (laughs) go for it okay so did you not love the question okay so carly goes to joss is there a teacher that you would like really love to homeschool you <laughs> right i was like oh gosh you're fostering the obsession hmm, i don't know i don't know let me think <laughs> and then she tells her dad that she has a few reasons for wanting to stay we know it's not her friend right <laughs> and it's like that I teacher like I where is dad not- has he been I- watching a movie since last week Oh my god, you're killing me. Okay, so like I didn't even pick up on the whole teacher thing as opposed to friend thing. But yeah, where the heck is Deb? Why wasn't he joining? I loved it when Joss was like the pretend teacher and she was like talking to them and trying to like foster this discussion. But yeah, where was Deb? <laughs> yeah, I again I think he's still watching a movie somewhere in the house because they're not allowed to leave the house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and okay, yeah. So basically I just assumed that their stories would diverge. You know what I mean? That Joss and Dev would kind of be on one side and then you'd have mm-hmm. like Cam and, and Trina on one side and it kind of happened. Like we're seeing that take place because Joss is going to be homeschooled mm-hmm. and Trina and Cam are doing their own thing. <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm wondering here, it looked like Cam was about to say the last thing he wished for. I'm assuming he was going to tell Joss about his feelings for her and like five minutes later he's kissing Trina. Okay, so here's the thing. And I felt the same way, too, about that. I'm like, okay, my God, he's going to, like, finally tell Joss how he feels. But when he's with Joss, he's, like, a different person. He tries to be tough. He tries to put on this act. But when he's with Trina, he, like, it's like he almost realized the difference in that moment when they were talking and comparing their feelings and just, like, speaking to their nightmares and all of that stuff. Yeah. And, the like, the eye contact they had and the connection, it was kind of like if I was in his head or if he had, you know, if he vocalized what he was feeling, it's like, wow, I feel so comfortable with you. I can be myself and tell you everything. As opposed to Joss is like this kind of like up on a pedestal. I have to be this like other person that's impossible to be. Okay, so I get what you're saying. You know, he was basically focused on what he has always known. Mm -hmm. And then his feelings with Trina or that moment he had kind of caught him off guard. Yes. So So much better than what I said. (laughs) (laughs) So super awkward. Uh, <laughs> looking forward to how that's all gonna wrap up, but we're also forgetting how Trina blew up at Joss. Like, whoa, she apologized later and felt she was acting crazy, but I was kind of surprised with the words she said. I was like, eh. I know, but it was dead on, and Joss knows it, and she handled it really well. Um, but yeah, Trina was like, that was wild, and it just like it didn't stop there. She blew up at Curtis, like it just kind of went on. But when you're saying <laughs> it was dead on, you mean like her perception of who Joss is well in a way because even when Joss was talking to Carly earlier on she said like the way 
she's um, like emotionally and mentally prepared to handle these situations are so far different than Cam and Trina because this is the life she knows. Like she basically alluded to that fact and kind of said a little bit of it too. Whereas Trina's world and Cam's world is not like that. And and maybe it you is think, different. You would what do you think mean? though with Cameron and everything he's mm-hmm. experienced in his life, it's not like he might live a life where he's not part of a mob family, but I feel like Cameron over the years has gone through his share of stuff as well. Exactly. And I think that's why he, he sees both sides and he doesn't say it. He doesn't verbalize anything because like for him, he understands because he lives in Port Charles. But for Trina, it just feels also mm-hmm. new and fresh. And this is this is literally the first time anything has ever happened to her. And it was like major. It's intense. And and I am curious to see how like everything's gonna play out with Trina and Cam, but also with Trina and Curtis. Okay, so about that, because you said she blew up at him, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do you think of this? So for those who think, okay, so there's some people that believe that Taggart is still alive. So at the Pretty Pixie mention. What would that be? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so about Curtis specifically, she wrote, I believe Taggart is alive working to bust Renault from the shadows by faking his death. Taggart has room to maneuver and he keeps Trina safe. Trina is too logical to blame Curtis, yet she makes a spectacle at the funeral about blaming Curtis for her father's death. What do you think about that? Do you think (sighs) it's too illogical for Trina to do? Or do you think it's just sort of like a normal part of of grieving? Hmm. That's a really good question, because when we grieve, we're looking for somebody to blame, something to blame, or reason to, like, put your anger. And he's, like, the most obvious person there. So, like, I, I don't know. I kind of based on the history of what we've seen in terms of like parent and kid and you're the one that brought that up it's like alexis and sam there's the whole like nina and we think it's going to be willow so there's always this like conflict between the parent and child so to me this is more a lead up to her finding out that curtis is her real dad so that was super funny because like i mean we suspected when we see when we saw curtis meet portia that trina was his daughter and then he finally brings that up. It was like, it's about time we talk about Trina. I'm like, so he has been doing paternity math because he seemed really uninterested when he met her. You know, when she's like, it's been a while since we've seen each other. So he has the talk. Mm-hmm. And we come to find out that the mother had an affair. I know. So finding out that there was an affair, it makes me think about the time that we saw Taggart and Curtis have that conversation where Taggart kind of gave Curtis a rundown of his file. Last week I had suspected that, okay, well maybe Taggart knew all along that Trina was Curtis's or maybe he just knew about his wife's affair. You think? Hey, well, now that you're making me really think about it, I want to say that he knew about the affair. I mean, he was undercover. He is a cop. He like, you obviously I think he's very intuitive as well. Mm -hmm. I feel that if he knew that there was something going on or even just had an inkling, he would like dive into it deep. So yes, I think he, he may have known. And I think he may be aware that there's like a paternity issue. Maybe that's why he was extra cold to Curtis aside from like liking Jordan. Maybe that's why he's like, I hate you. Like my wife had an affair with you. Yes, and also, he. why was it Curtis of all people that he called to come to the warehouse? I would think because Trina's his daughter. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so that's a problem solved right there. But, okay, 
So Portia had somewhat of a scandalous past, which I love. Curtis walked away feeling super certain about <laughs> that conversation. It was killing me because, like, in, you're in poor Charles for crying out loud, and she's like, you're not the father. And then he's like, That's okay. <laughs> he didn't even ask, like, because if he did any paternity math, he would have been like, so, you know, maybe ask for a little bit more information. Whatever. Right. He just, he just, wa- he had the answer he wanted to hear. And um, since he has nothing better to do than to kind of constantly check in on Jordan, um, he went over to her office and that, like, made me laugh so much like obviously she has a lot going on with tj missing and not really knowing where he is mm-hmm. and then he comes in once again being like you want to know about Portia? i've got answers <laughs> it's like she does not appear at all like she cares oh my god i was he was because i think she even answered him jordan like you were worried that uh trina was your daughter like she just kind of like yeah okay so you were worried about this she's not all right i have bigger fish to fry <laughs> exactly she was just like she was very like uh-huh yeah good talk and he was and I love how he was like trying so hard to prove like to kind of lead by example I mm-hmm. wanted to be honest with you it's like you were lying to yourself like when he had that talk with Stella and Stella was sort of pointing out to him like you know the last time she pushed us away she had that kidney issue and he was like no she would never lie to me again and then you you obviously don't believe that because why would you be talking to her in that super weird tone being like, I'm being honest with you. Didn't be he tell her even? And I think he told her at some point, I know you so well. It's like, no, no, you don't. <laughs> no, he said, you know me so well. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, at this point, you're getting a little predictable. Um, but yeah, it was just, it, it's just bad. It's just bad. And I mean, Mm -hmm. the way that they're setting it up, you know, there he is. Curtis is the one lonely in his marriage. And then there's Portia. Mm -hmm. There. (laughs) And I love the explanation, you know, like, why hasn't Curtis, like, you know, bumped it? Why hasn't anyone bumped into this girl? And then she (laughs) mentioned that she works at Mercy and she might transfer over to GH to be on screen because Mercy is an off-screen hospital. (laughs) Nobody wants to work at the off-screen hospital. Right? What a waste of time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so Portia has a talk with Carly. Ooh, that w- I like Ava. You know, like we have this kind of, she, right now she's so good. She had such incredible moments this week. Again, like she's, ugh, I just made me sad because, yeah, she did some bad stuff, but everybody kind of gets over it. And she does have a good relationship exactly. with Trina. And I, I truly don't, I truly, how do you say, I don't think she's using Trina. Yes, she used Morgan. Same. Like, so for Morgan, it was like a different space and time in her life. And with Trina, I just feel it's entirely different. And I would hate that she would try to like pull back. But Carly did give good advice in the sense that like, don't pull everything back. Don't tell her you can't see her. Try to make it uh, put limitations. Oh, man, I can't talk today. (laughs) I got what you were saying. Rules, don't stop it. (laughs) God. (laughs) Something like that. But, yeah, it's just that it was interesting to me because I am a fan of Carly's. I do like her. Um, But in my head, I was like, whoa, this is sort of like Carly stepping in between um, Ava and, like, another daughter in a way. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, Carly's the main presence in Avery's life. And here you are possibly coming in between her and Trina. And I do see Trina as a daughter figure. And look, at the end of the day, like, part of me is just like, if Portia cared about danger and violence and mob stuff, she wouldn't really even be having this amazingly cordial conversation with Carly. 
You know what I mean? Like, hmm. you wouldn't have been so kind to Sunny. And I mean, at the same time, I just feel like she's just doesn't like her daughter's attention being pulled. But on the other hand, I did take a step back and I thought to myself, well, okay, you obviously knew who Ava was because she talked about how Trina's internship came about and that she became like increasingly, you know, like idolizing Ava in a sense. And mm-hmm. I get it. You Google Ava. Like you're a mom and you Google Ava. Yeah. You know, I get it. Red flags <laughs> everywhere. So on the one hand, I do understand that. But like I said, if mob violence and that kind of a history is the thing, then you would kind of be setting limits around Trina and other people in the town aside from Ava. So that she would move part of it. Exactly. And she would move out of Port Charles. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I just think that at the end of the day, like, maybe you see these scary things, but why don't you try just see, like, I mean, you can see how Ava is with her. And at the end of the day, even if she is sort of, like, mothering her to a certain degree, what's the the danger? You know what I mean? Like, what's Mm -hmm. the danger for Trina? Trina's, like, learning a ton. Yeah, I found that really weird, but you you made me think of a a good point. (laughs) So, you know how we always say that Sunny is is in the mob but he's like the good guy so again we see an example where Portia perceives Sunny, Carly, all of them even though they've done bad things are, and are in a bad business on the other side of the law she still perceives, the, perceives them as respectable people who she wants her, chil- her child to be around whereas Ava who is pretty much doing the exact same thing is quote unquote on the other side arbitrarily yeah and the funny thing is, is just that at the same time, I do see Ava as Sunny because Sunny has been like the mentor type kind of guy. But mm-hmm. I see that Ava's just doing that. You know what I mean? She's the first other mobster to be this way, like how Sunny is. Exactly. So it's just really interesting. And it is pretty much that. It's a futile fight for all these other people who are trying to redeem themselves because it's like they're branded a certain way. So true. Okay, so... Maybe I'm jumping, but here's a question. You know Nina made a phone call at some point in time when she was in her office? Yeah. Do you think she called Ava? I was wondering who she would be talking to. (laughs) (laughs) Bad, but I was just like, who could you possibly be calling? Yeah, because Jackson just left her office. or like, they had already had their interaction. She can't call Maxie. And the only other person, which I thought it would have been cute to have, like, just maybe Ava's going to walk in her office next week. But I'm like, she doesn't have any friends. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's, well, it's not old, right? She's in jail. Exactly. So, like, all of her people. So, I'm like, who is this mystery person that she's calling to say, like, oh, my God, something happened to Maxie? <laughs> but I think it is likely that that's who Nina called. That's, like, her friend. Like, that's who we've seen her kind of go through all this, like, girl stuff with, you know, especially her relationship stuff. Yeah. I like I like their weird friendship. It's awesome. But it is bizarre to see Ava give good person advice because she was giving good person advice to Nicholas. Well, that's like, what I mean. That's <laughs> Ava's throwing out all this wisdom and to brooding Nicholas who's getting mad about construction. <laughs> and anyways, they, they got into this big conversation and I love what she said. She said something along the lines of like, you're always sorry after the fact. Like making amends is the toughest part. You know, like you have to like put work into it. And who said that already? Wait. Oh, it was you, Lucy- your brain. It was Lucy and Sasha. Like, that was, yes! it was a long time ago, but that was sort of the advice that Lucy gave Sasha that to, like, make, to move forward, you have to just kind of live your life and just do better. And that's how you do it. 
And I love that because look at Sasha now, look at what Ava's doing. And she gave Nicholas like the best advice. It's just funny because even I'm guilty of doing that. Like Ava gave good advice. I was like, wow, that's amazing. And then I was like, Ava giving good advice. <laughs> like part of me remembers who this person is telling him to be good. And I'm just, okay, were you wondering what the hell was going on? So Nicholas can't find Hayden. And then he talks to Ava. <laughs> Ava gives her best speculation as to what yes. it could be. And then when Elizabeth c- comes to him, did I even finish saying her name? Did I just say Elizabeth? <laughs> Elizabeth? I don't remember. I might finish <laughs> But when she came to him, he decided to package whatever Ava said as actual answers. I know. And I was confused <laughs> because he was literally parroting everything she said. I'm like, so her speculations have become fact in the last two seconds without you, t- like, knowing <laughs> Like, how did no like how could no one find her like finn is literally whining to his spy wife being like oh i can't find the mother of my child and she's like mm, yeah i work for the wsb with so many resources but she can't find hayden that sucks he's friends with sarah he's friends with curtis <laughs> curtis is literally doing nothing we know he's doing nothing he's literally at his wife's work constantly being like do you still love me <laughs> and trying to talk about her job like it is addiction <laughs> you know what like that's the, I'm, I'm gonna take two seconds to just rant mm-hmm. a bit about Curtis because this is what he did to her when she brought up her friend dying he kind of played expert I had an addiction I hit it really well and then she's working and then he's like you know babe I you know I'm an addict and I did this to like cover up my feelings and it's just like he keeps taking on an expert role when no one asks mm-hmm. like he's not like li- <laughs> no <laughs> one asked you <laughs> I'm done I'm done on that <laughs> okay so back to our regularly scheduled programs so it's just like even Curtis like not one person can locate Hayden to kind of know is she dead or alive yeah, I think it's a bit ridiculous with all of the resources available. I mean, Nicholas didn't really actually do anything. He just spoke to Ava and then spoke to Elizabeth. So right there. Is that has... the, but is that the only way anybody knows to find Hayden is just to ask Nicholas? And so I like this one. Adele Heidi 11217 says, no one's looking for Hayden. Nick's, Jax, and Robert just shrugged. I think Hayden about to get drewed. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I hope not. Oh, no. I hate that I can't remember who said this. But someone's like, what if she came back with Drew? Ooh. How? Oh. That's oh, interesting. I'm really sorry, whoever's listening, and it was your comment. I Please I, let I, us know. Yeah. Please <laughs> let us know if it was you. I feel really bad. I don't remember who said that. But, yeah. What if? Could you imagine Drew comes back? She's like, I found him in the elevator shaft. That's where I was, too. <laughs> mentioning her her name so much you think they're gearing up to be like she's dead or that she's coming back you know for the sake of the story even though i love the chemistry between finn and the actress who plays hayden i would love to see them together um but if they were to recast i would not be mad at that i don't think they're gonna recast like it just bugs me because they wrote out the character you know what i mean 
I just okay. So here's the thing: Finn and Anna are getting married. Saying, I know you keep saying that. Like you've said that about Hayden a bunch of times, <laughs> and it's like the actress, you know, is not the one who necessarily left. They like wrote out the character, and every time someone's gone, you're like, I would like a recast. This place, but <laughs> seriously, not the solution to everything. This is my world, okay? This is our podcast. <laughs> These are my ideas and your ideas. So everybody, we're open to recasting Hayden. <laughs> Okay, because here's the thing, okay? We so all know. Hospital. <laughs> right? Maybe she's there. We don't know. <laughs> I was going to say that we all know that a wedding in Port Charles never goes down as it's supposed to. So Finn and Anna are going to plan their wedding. We still don't know the date, but something has to go down. So it's either like Hayden comes back or Peter gets taken down, but like something huge has to happen at that wedding. And I'm hoping it's Hayden coming back. Me too, because Anna made the point of saying, like, wait till we plan our wedding. It's going to be big. And then both of them had, like, no enthusiasm about this <laughs> idea. And it was so awkward. Like, they're like, are we still even doing this? I was like, what is happening right now? Like, oh, I do not want to be in their situation. But speaking of weddings, do you think it's going to be a double non-wedding with Peter and Maxie, who are apparently getting married? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did you hear that sound? Um, <laughs> I did. I did. I, I did. <laughs> that was me throwing up a little in my mouth. I hope that that is not the case. But I was just like, he brings up this wedding, and I just kept thinking, I mean, these are two weddings that wouldn't take place. Hayden can come back, and the truth can come out about Peter, and everyone else can get cake. <laughs> exactly. Oh, cake is wonderful. But I thought that was so bizarre how Peter was telling Spinelli like. We're getting married. You are? Well, you were you were there, remember when Maxie just mentioned it that she was thinking about it? Like, wow. Like, really pulled one over on Spinelli. Like, honestly. Seriously, it's like, how did you propose? Oh no, we, we just casually mentioned it and then we went through you were, with it. You were there. But I loved I loved when like because you know Spinelli's not really backing down and he just sort of said, uh, so why don't you propose to her? I know, I loved it. And I just can't, I just can't with Anna because Spinelli was just with Anna. What I didn't really understand was why Anna was dancing around the topic of Peter when she was having a one-on-one conversation with Spinelli. Mm -hmm. And then the moment Jason stepped onto the scene, she was more stern and upfront about it. Because maybe she feels that Spinelli is malleable and with Jason, she needs to like show that that side of her in order for him to listen. But like, we all know that's not going to work. It was sad and pathetic. Yeah, it's not going to work. And even though Spinelli might come off softer, he's really not going to just change his mind because you spoke to him really nicely. Exactly. About the whole issue. So it's just really frustrating whenever Anna talks because I'm just like, oh, stop. Just freaking stop. Because you can watch her not even believe the words that are coming out of her own mouth. Okay, were you not freaking out when she was trying to make comparisons with Jason and Peter? Yeah, I was like, where are you going with this? Like, you're not winning. In that conversation, Jason was just shooting her down and calling her out at every turn. And she just wouldn't stop. Like, she exhausted herself. Like, she went home and had a ton of wine to forget about that interaction. And then was kind of rude to, like, Willow, being like, nah, you gotta go. (laughs) Willow's like, I've got time. I've got all kinds of time to just get to know each other. She's like, I don't think so. No, you can go. (laughs) You are dismissed. (laughs) I'm going to drink a bunch and then do WSB work. (laughs) I was like, does she even work for them? I thought she just still had access to files. Like, I didn't think she was working. I didn't either. I thought she was kind of like (laughs) semi-retired. Yeah. So Robert is not stupid. 
And when he was having that conversation with Anna, she also comes off as super pathetic. And I liked what mm-hmm. he pointed out to her because at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. He's like, only one of us can be right. Yes. And he's going to be right. And I absolutely love that he went to go and see Obrick. So I'm so curious to what his plan is with her. That's what I was curious about too, because then he, then his next stop was Finn. And I'm hoping there'll be kind of like a bump in with Spinelli, but I liked his conversation with Finn. He's like, just keep your eyes open, just watch her. And Finn's kind of like confused, but not confused. <laughs> exactly that. Because he's, I, I just feel like, why would Finn be so unwilling? Because his mind is already there. So why would he suddenly not be cautious? Exactly. So I just, I found that whole interaction kind of interesting and I love that Robert invited himself to Violet's birthday (laughs) you always have to invite your spouse's exes to all your stuff all of the things I was just wondering like why wouldn't Obrecht we don't know because we didn't really get to see the whole conversation but the point is like Spinelli and Jason are like an integral part of that whole thing because they are also looking into it and they also believe in her so I think that adds to like the validity of Obrecht's innocence you know what I mean like I thought Mm -hmm. it carried weight when she said it to Brit even and I was just sort of surprised that Brit didn't take that to heart like if Jason and Spinelli kind of believe that your mom is innocent I mean either way she doesn't want to get involved but still that kind of would show you that she's innocent on on this and even Robert does he not want to work I guess he doesn't want to work with them no but I think that with Spinelli he might I don't know if there'll be blurred lines or or if they'll find proof together uh, but I, they have to be worked into the story somehow. So I'm just not sure how at this point. And did you find it bizarre that out of nowhere, Franco realized he was poor? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think anybody in poor Charles actually worried about money. And I thought it was really nice but, uh, to hear his worries. But Elizabeth was always in that category. You know what I mean? Like never mm-hmm. in a dire way, but Elizabeth was always written as like the working single mom who needs to make ends meet. She was always in that category. You know what I mean? That's true, but not in a way like Franco just made it seem so desperate and yeah, sad. Yeah, so dire. <laughs> it, was, it was never written as dire, but that was how Elizabeth was always sort of portrayed. You know, like like Jason bought one of her houses. Like there was always that like distinction between the fact that she had to like work for everything. She wasn't living up in any mansions or stuff like yes. that. And so for me, I was just like, but Franco, like is dating Elizabeth. Does he not know this? You know what I mean? But yeah, so out of nowhere, he's desperate for money. And then he has the conversation with Ava. Mm -hmm. So like, where is this going? Because like, she's already commissioning a painting. Is this about her spending more time with him to support him through a new exhibit? That's what I was thinking too, because obviously that's the direct connection to the gallery. And she's always been a fan of his. And I loved her speech. Oh yeah, so that was the other scene that I loved when she said to somebody. um, was with Franco. So... I think their friendship is going to get close. And I think that that's when Nicholas is going to become really jealous. But I think that she's just going to be a supportive friend and help him with his um, art. I think so, too. I think, like, because whenever you see them interact, it's not romantic. There's No. 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 Like, it's always quite friendly. <laughs> yeah, I really think it's a friendship thing. They do have, not a flirtation, but I think it's just history. I, it doesn't have anything to do with what's going to move forward. I think that their friendship is in place for a number of reasons. They're outcasts that support each other. And it's also going to drive Nicholas crazy. So that foursome, I think ultimately Nicholas, they're they're playing all these games. At the end of the day, we know that the couples will remain intact. Like basically Nicholas learned to actually love his wife. 
and mm-hmm. Elizabeth and I don't know. I kind of believe what you said that this will lead Nicholas and Ava to be good together, but may cause some friction for Elizabeth and Franco. I think they'll be together, but I think it's possible that they're going to kind of like suffer the consequences of of Ava and Nicholas's games. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other foursome, I think there's going to be a lot of losing there. Oh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Sasha proposes this, and I'm just thinking, so how is this going to work? Would she like? distance herself from Michael or like see him in secret but yeah like Willow she didn't exactly go no don't like she She seemed a little intrigued and she even asked so I would move in here like that's your answer (laughs) I think you should marry Michael to help Wiley so I would move into the mansion (laughs) like that's your (laughs) response to that whole thing I think that was a major perk. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I know she's not like that, like materialistic, but I no. mean, who doesn't like a mansion? And plus she gets to be with Wiley. And it was just really interesting when Sasha and, and Chase were alone. Like he softened when they were alone. Like he yes. was really angry, a little aggressive, and even went to the, said like, you need help, Sasha. Like got really, really angry. And when he was alone with her, he, and he said, I love Willow. Like Willow loves me. Mm-hmm. And then she says to him, Willow loves you, but she also loves Wiley. Like, Sasha is, like, cutthroat in a way. I like it. (laughs) Well, I think Carly had one of the best lines. Like, I have a couple of great lines this weekend. I know it's a little early in the podcast, but she said to Sasha, you're a good person that knows how to do bad. So that was maybe the second interaction this week that was very soapy, and I really like that. Like, very old-school, schemey. You know what I mean? Like, the, the conversation between Carly and Sasha. Absolutely. Um, It was a really great conversation. And I love how they kept referring to the way Carly handles things versus the way Michael handles things. (laughs) I like the roundabout way of talking and the way that they understood each other. I absolutely love um, the respect they have for one another and how they do get along. I really do love that. I I love that we kind of got that Sasha Carly scene. Yes. That kind of felt out of nowhere when, like, you just see the scene open and Carly just happens to be at the quarter mains. So her and Sasha kept going around this whole Willow idea. But then, like, Carly was like, I think you'll be able to bend his ear and I think you'll come up with something. But I just kind of feel like it's the Willow plan, right? <laughs> like, it's not going to be a new plan. <laughs> yeah, Sasha's going to get uh, a hit out on Mel. <laughs> I freaking wish. I know. You know, come to think of it, when Sasha and Carly were talking, the only obstacle was Chase. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> she can take care of that. They're, they're, what are they? They're like best friends who are going to eventually sleep together. I can't remember what their titles are. Sasha and Chase. <laughs> I don't know, though. Like, first of all, Chase kind of ratted her out, but Willow didn't really seem to care. She kind of mm-hmm. liked that they had each other to to lean on. Yes. But I mean, don't you see more of the spark between him and Brooklyn? I do. <laughs> and I love it. Exactly. Like, I don't know who Sasha's going to end up sleeping with. But I think for Chase, he's going to land a little fun with Brooklyn. Because, like, earlier, I think it was last week when he was, like, offering her the beer. And she left. She She made that statement, like we'll take a rain check like not that I'll hit you but that was the whole other soap moment I was talking about so we had like the Carly and Sasha but then the other massive soap thing was Brooklyn and Lulu like what the hell like to to like we we have been 
thing though since lulu and like since brooklyn came back and whenever she shares scenes with lulu it tends to be a little extra but in a good way like a very old school soap opera feel like we even say it's mm-hmm. kind of, it's like really entertaining because it's just like a step up like it's just extra dramatic the way that they talk to each other but i mean to be honest like it was a little bit mean girls to me like brooklyn was just there on her lunch hour doing mm-hmm. her own thing very focused and on her salad <laughs> and then she <laughs> walks in just being all up in her face about her shopping bags like who cares Okay, so I was going to ask you, Team Brooklyn or Team Lulu, but I already know the answer. (laughs) Same. I felt really bad for Brooklyn because the reality is, is Lulu this miserable and sad in her life that she needs to attack Brooklyn for no reason? Like, it really, really threw me off at how drastic it was. Like, Maxie was trying to talk some logic into her, saying, like, is this really necessary? Like, basically, she should have said to her, is this the person you want to be? Like, can you live with this action? I, I thought that, like, yeah, I thought that Maxie should have pushed it a bit more. But I guess when you when you take a minute, you realize that Maxie has a lot going on for herself and to babysit her friend from doing something stupid when she should know better in this situation. Uh, because it's not one you would expect, though. Like, it was so childish. You wouldn't exactly expect to have to talk your friend out of, like, instigating something at this fancy restaurant. Like, you could just not talk to her. Well, exactly. That's, that's an option. And honestly, it made me think of her daughter. Like, she blames all of it on um, uh, Nina. Nina. But at the same time, her attitude is, look at it. Look at what she did. for. And she, like, she's in a freaking custody battle. And you try to throw things at somebody in a public place. Like, I don't she understand. Didn't, she didn't only try to throw things. But yeah. I mean, exactly that, what you were saying earlier. Like, is she this miserable that this is what she's focusing on? Because remember, she's the one who decided to instigate something with her in person regarding mm-hmm. her shopping bags and the money. Then she chooses to go on Brooklyn's Facebook page and then happens to land on something. I mean, going back to what you said, like, is she this miserable to be instigating this? I don't know. Maybe she needs a little... D for Dustin. <laughs> really, you might be right. <laughs> like, really. Like, in a way, I'm wondering, is Dustin the reason she's acting this way with Brooklyn? Is it jealousy at all because of their history? Oh, my dear Lord. Like, get anyway, over it already. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree 100%. But, yeah, I just thought it was ridiculous that she would do this. But this is what I mean about the over-the-top soap opera. It was just funny because I could you're watching it and just the way Lulu is acting of like they're having so much fun in this scene because she's like bring it and like her like her arms are spread out wide swearing <laughs> at each other like you know what I mean like the over-the-top gestures I just think it was like a lot of fun for them but I just kept thinking like exactly like what you said she's in a custody battle and then Valentine walks in you just handed him gold like if he shows this video like she's up a creek you know what I mean? And then she walks away going, you better delete that. Honestly, that's all you've got. This is why you will never win against him. Exactly. It's like, yes, he is going to listen to you because now he has an advantage. And he's going to be like, oh, okay, I'm going to delete that little thanks. Why did you say so? This is why you've been losing all this time. You've never asked me to not win. This is so, it's, just, it's just so dumb. But what I can't understand is that she's pelting this girl with glasses and when the police walk in, this is what they're seeing. They're seeing Lulu assault Brooklyn. Brooklyn is hiding behind a table. I just don't know why Brooklyn always feels the need to, like, she knows where Lulu is. Like, she's <laughs> ways away throwing glass at you. But she always tends to, like, attack whoever comes near her. And once again, she hits Chase. But he only starts bleeding in the following scene at the police station. Like, he doesn't 
bleed at the metro <laughs> court at all. But why is Lulu not being arrested? I was so mad at that. Exactly that. Because when you walk in and just see what's going on, you can see who's doing the assaulting. Yes, Brooklyn had the cutest line with saying it was a mutual assault, but it did not look mutual when they walked in. So it is frustrating that she didn't get arrested. And I would like to know why. I need answers. <laughs> you have a bajillion witnesses to say who started it. And the mm-hmm. funny thing was is that the fight went on for a long time. It was like fight, commercial break, fight, commercial break, fight. <laughs> Not complaining. I loved it. I, it was entertaining. But the point is, if a fight is going on that long, it's loud. All the people in the restaurant were like against the walls. Nobody was at their table. And at one point, Brooklyn gets pushed and she hits the waitress. At that moment, I'm like, what the hell is the waitress doing serving food at this point? You're telling me <laughs> that none of the staff knows that there's a massive brawl going on in their restaurant. And how Carly isn't called? Like, Chase got called, and Carly's just, like, at home. I mean, sorry, at the court, I mean, talking with Sasha. Yeah, it was all over, because Olivia was doing, like, PR at ELQ, because everybody wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> it's because, like, when you think of it, it's like, he met with Olivia, who, I don't know. And then, after all that, let me meet with the PR team. Then what were you guys doing in the first meeting? I know, because they basically had the meeting standing outside of Brooklyn's desk. I was very confused. About, like, strategy. Like, what are we going to do? Then they had a meeting <laughs> that came out, like, okay, now we're going to call the PR team. So I'm just like, is that what Michael went in there for, to tell them to call the PR team? Maybe. He's he's the voice of reason. I thought she was so cute, though, constantly eating Wiley's Cheerios. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, first of all, we back up to the cuteness. When Michael comes in and they have that cute little banter about, like, do you have an appointment? I can squeeze you in, all that stuff. Like, it was so adorable. And then I saw some Insta stories for that uh, Wiley's mom <laughs> uh, posted on Instagram of, like, behind the scenes of, like, Brooklyn being so cute with Wiley, like, in real life. And it's just really sweet. It looks like they all get along really well. Oh, that's adorable. Mm-hmm. I find a lot of the cast has really cute behind the scenes with Wiley. <laughs> They're just adorable children, yeah, my goodness. Exactly. So, I mean, that's the thing with Brooklyn. When she talks, it's very sweet. It's very genuine. And she really, really, really is trying. Lulu deserved all the things that Brooklyn shot at her because she, Lulu is the one who started it all. But she had some points. You attacked all the quartermains just to stick it to her. It's very her own cousin. Exactly. I found it all very weird and bizarre and amped up for no reason. This like hatred for Brooklyn. I really loved it when Brooklyn called her a basic B. <laughs> yeah, that was that was freaking amazing. Honestly, when she like that's a rough thing to throw at Lulu by telling her that if he was so happy, why would he have go and like do this like secret mission? Why would he have left his family in the first place? Yeah, that was that was pretty heavy. And I know this is going to sound terribly mean, but I just felt that at that point in time, Lulu really deserved it because it just wasn't right what was happening. Then I kept thinking about the situation over and over. Do you think that this is the catalyst for selling her stock? So now Ned is really upset. How upset is he really? Is he going to kick Brooklyn out of ELQ? Is is Brooklyn going to be so upset that she's going to finally sell her shares to Link so she can sing? Because she's like, well, I don't have a place here anymore because I messed up. They don't want me here. No. No, don't make sense. No. Did that happen today? Do you have a sense? Because when I was watching Brooklyn, okay, like doing her thing, 
And then mm-hmm. when he had this scene with Lucy and Lucy was like, nope, don't need your money. Don't you not have a lot of money no more? <laughs> and she didn't <laughs> want his investment. I thought to myself, maybe I wrote it down. This is interesting. These are two subtle losses for Valentine. And they're kind of going under the radar. The point is Brooklyn didn't sell her shares mm-hmm. and Lucy doesn't want to partner with him. I'm like, I go, but I'm, but the thing is with Valentine, even when he's losing, he thinks he's winning. And then by extension, I think he's still winning. So I never think he's <laughs> losing. And it's so hard when it comes to Valentine in this way. And then literally after I wrote that down, he walks in and videotapes Lulu. I'm like, well, there he is with a win. And then Lucy comes back down and wants to work with him. And now that you're saying that, I'm thinking, yep, he is winning. <laughs> he's going to get everything. Oh, it's so, yeah, it is incredibly frustrating because eventually Valentine has to lose. But at this point in time, he's just floating along, living his merry little Valentine life. He's going to acquire a magazine. He's going to get his ELQ stocks and he may get Alexis as his girlfriend. <laughs> but so you don't think he lost with everything that happened with Nina? Like that to you wasn't like a blow to him. It was, like not being a Catherine, you don't think he's lost. It is a loss. But remember the conversation that Alexis had with him? And don't you find his attitude has changed? So Alexa said to him something along the lines is, you are better off not having that name. Kind of like you are your own person and you have to make the best of it like I did. So I think that even though those were losses, he genuinely took what she said to heart because I don't find that he's like, I know he always has this winning face. He did have that moment of like drinking and blah, blah, blah. But he put his big boy pants on and, and I think he's trying to get his life back together, which is the magazine. Yes, the revenge for the ELQ stocks. But they were losses, but he got over them really quickly. I just think it's interesting because without having a name, it's like, you know, you don't have a name. You're kind of invisible. And I think that's sort of what it is. He's under the radar, which it is making it easier for him to build himself back. Yes. But I was thinking something else. Okay. So obviously Lucy ended up making the deal with him because everything kind of fell apart with Maxie. Yes. So let's just take a moment and go back there for a sec. So... Maxie just attacks Jax the moment he walks into the office. <laughs> but I love, I love what Nina had to say. It's like, no, that was Maxie being calm. <laughs> and I was just like, is this really happening? Like, I was dying. Like, I mean, in my head for a split second, I was like, whoa, this is like the CEO. I don't know what he does, but he owns your company. Um, but she was so angry. And then I was like, what is going to happen with Maxie? Because when she stormed out and Lucy was like, no, no, no. Because she obviously, to her, it was really important to work with Nina. And she kind of was like, no, I didn't poach. I didn't try to poach Maxie. So at that point, I'm thinking, is Maxie going to open her own thing? And then mm-hmm. we come to find out that she will work for Deception, which I was kind of relieved because that's sort of what I saw to kind of begin with. And like Maxie is all about, like, is it really, like, it's kind of revenge. You know what I mean? Like when she had stomped off from Lulu saying, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to get even. Yeah. So for a long time, you know, Maxie had her feelings about Valentine. She doesn't know that he is the investor, but I'm wondering, this is interesting because the whole idea is that if Maxie leaves, there is going to be this competition, you know, between Mm -hmm. her and Nina. And so out of nowhere, Nina's ex-daughter is working with Maxie. Maxie, for the first time, is what, going to get along with Valentine? I'm curious to see what Lucy has to say. Is he going to be an active person in this magazine or is he just a silent investor? I think either way it's going to affect Maxie and Sasha because wait until Sasha finds out. I mean, I don't know how long because like she's a partner, Sasha. So I don't think it's going to like remain secret, but I do think it's an interesting combination of people that are Mm -hmm. in a certain way meant to be in opposition to Nina. 
And another thing about Valentine's path is that when he was holding out that drink to Lucy as she was finishing her phone call and wanting to like toast, mm-hmm. I was looking at the two of them and I'm thinking that would be such an interesting pair. Like if we wanted to make Valentine somewhat likable and sort of integrated into like Port Charles society in a way, mm-hmm. I just kept thinking Lucy could be the key to that. Like the hmm. she's she's very like there would be such a comedy, like there would be something really funny about the two of them being together. We would probably see a different side of Valentine, a lighthearted one. Because with Nina, it was also, I am fancy and I love you, Nina, and I'm a Cassidine. And like with with Lucy, she kind of just calls him on his crap. Like she could be fancy too, but she's also really mm-hmm. real. And I just couldn't, like, I just kept thinking about it. And I just think a combination of Lucy and Valentine would be so entertaining. And I think she would pull out a likable side to him. I'm kind of liking that because, I mean, she was with Scott and he's, you know, he's an interesting cat. So if she can be with Valentine, I agree with you. I would love to see that play out much better than like him with an Alexis. This gross. Like to me at the end of the day, it's like <laughs> she's still kind of your sister and I can't even wrap my head like around that at all. But I just think that would be like really, really interesting, especially when you think about it in contrast to Nina, all these people just kind of working together. And also her like, the fact that it took her so long to appreciate Maxie and then to tell Jax, what am I going to do? She does everything. She has the industry's savvy. Are you joking? Are you literally telling your boss that you mm-hmm. know nothing and that she knows everything? I know. But their interactions were really funny because Nina, I love her because she just kind of, she doesn't filter. She just kind of like says stuff. So yeah, at the beginning when Maxie was kind of saying like, I did this, I did that. She's like, oh my God, I didn't know. <laughs> like okay so how did you think things were running I mean she eventually made things better she couldn't pull it through with Jax but one of the cute scenes with Nina and Jax was when he wasn't sure if they were fighting or not when they were trying to kind of figure out where they stand work-wise versus fun and he's like yeah like I like the way they are together like I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how the two of them play out as well I think so too. And I just think a good answer would have been, I'm work mad at you because I think yes. she's work mad at him and not so much mad at him on a personal level. But yeah, she's going to be so screwed. I kind of can't wait to see what that's going to to look like. Um, so Olivia and Robert shared a scene together and there's something kind of like, you know how I feel about Olivia sometimes, but there was something super cute about them two together. I just think the scene would have been even better if she wasn't talking about Dante. I know, and I was so surprised that the way, I mean, uh, so I think this was before the fight scene with Lulu and Brooklyn and all that drama happened, because in that moment, I did feel bad for Lulu, because she said something like, some people have forgotten and moved on, and I'm like, oh, that sucks, and then I'm like, I don't like Lulu. (laughs) Exactly, so, okay, this is what I'm hoping, because I know you're saying that the family might come down hard on her, Mm -hmm. but, you know, Michael said he's messed up his share of deals. But given that Olivia said that, I'm wondering how will Olivia feel knowing Mm -hmm. that the person who broke the story was Lulu? Like, Lulu could have easily came to them. Like, she's still supposed to be family to a certain degree. So I'm wondering that, that maybe everything will be fine with Brooklyn and she'll just keep trying harder if she sees that Olivia's on her side and mad at Lulu. Ooh, I like that angle much better. Um, oh my gosh, I think Olivia is going to lose her mind when she finds out that it's Lulu. And she's going to have some choice words for her. And I cannot wait for that scene. Me too. Uh, but on another note, I'm just wondering, Mel got limited access to see Wiley and their mm-hmm. supervised visits. 
So, like, anyone can supervise her? Apparently. <laughs> and I was just wondering, like, why was she so shook that Chase and Michael are friends? Like, she hasn't put that together? I know. They work together on the case to trap her. And they're always together. I mean, I know they're always <sighs> together arresting her, but still. Like, <laughs> she doesn't know that they're friends? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really weird, the shock in her face. Yeah, because the thing is, she didn't get rattled. So I kind of wondered what that meant that she got rattled over that. Maybe, like, Chase knows something that he doesn't really know. Like, what is she afraid of? Like, nobody rattles her. Why was she so spooked? Huh. Chase knowing something that he doesn't know he knows. Maybe. Right? (laughs) Exactly. Well, he better remember it fast if he doesn't want his girlfriend to marry Michael. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so talking about that, we also had another scene, which I thought about you, scene where... Nina is again with the necklace and I really wanted to figure out a way to create a necklace montage for you but I didn't know how (laughs) (laughs) anyways I'll continue my thought it's okay I could do it in my head the two times I've seen (laughs) I think it was like three I got it (laughs) all right so Michael and Willow do decide to get married Willow is in front of the mirror she's getting ready Harmony puts on her necklace Nina is at the wedding she sees Willow with the necklace. I no? got goosies. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. I like that. So Thank many you. potential weddings that may or may not happen. <laughs> with so many reveals that may or may not happen. So Harmony really fast. Like Jason picked up on that real quick. Yes. Thank and God. he went to go talk to Willow. I just thought it was interesting. You know, like Willow is a new character, but she's getting placed in sort of like the Jason orbit. Yes, I like it. And I like how comfortable she is with him and how like natural their interactions are, which leads me again for like another move for Michael and Willow to get married. Like she like fits in. She does. She does fit in with them. I mean, so does Sasha. But obviously, like, you know, Jason, for instance, who he's very close to, has a bit more of a relationship with Willow. Mind you, Carly has a better relationship with Sasha. So it could go either way, really. (laughs) They're both great. (laughs) Um, I was thinking that was it. We get one hot Friday, an interesting Monday morning, and then Britt's gone. And she may or may not contact Julian. (laughs) She knows where to find him, though. (laughs) Well, I'm hoping she'll find him again soon. I think they're the only people having some fun in that town. I know, and I just love the wake-up, and it was just so very natural. Like, she kind of, like, hid under the sheets, and they were talking about how much fun it was. And, yeah, I just, I loved, loved, loved them together, and I need to see more of that. (laughs) Okay, so I have a few things. Just some really quick thoughts, quick notes. So, my favorite line of the week, my second favorite line of the week was, Britt to Obrick. Yes, Mom, I broke out of jail to come to jail. (laughs) That was good. Okay. Um... Cam, when Joss asked him about homeschooling, homeschool at Mob Central, laugh out loud. That was, yeah, uh, that was super cute. <laughs> and the other one was, oh, Spinelli and Peter, do you really think they drink beer and hike? <laughs> oh my gosh, I wrote that down. I was laughing. I'm like, these two hiking and drinking beer? Like, what? what? <laughs> um, I, my favorite was just the, the fight between um, Lulu and Brooklyn. Not that you asked, but I'm going to tell you that that was <laughs> No, I'm like, get out of my head, because I was, like, about to ask you, but you, like, just answered. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my favorite, and I kind of look forward to seeing, like, how Chase and Brooklyn go forward in their interactions together. Yay! Have a good weekend, everybody! Bye! Bye!